you're just gonna have to have to have a major league eventing meetup down here with everyone. See that, uh, Zoe? That's a good yeah, idea. It is. Meet up, yeah. at, meet up at the at the jockey club. Anyway. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's there's a clubhouse here and everything. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. And everybody at home, we just want to say we hope everyone is having a happy holiday season, Karen. Oh, yeah. So whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever you celebrate, Mm -hmm. we just hope it was the best ever for you. And we're wishing everyone a very, very happy new year. Bring on 2021, Karen. Bring it on. Bring on 2021 because guess what? 2020. We're, we need to get out this year. <laughs> so, on that note, we just wish everyone at home a, a, a very, very happy holiday season. Let's hopefully have a wonderful 2021. And thank you so much. We just want to say thank you so much to everyone who, even though 2020 overall was a, 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 a terrible year, we still want to count our blessings. Mm-hmm. And one of our very biggest blessings is is the people at home who listen to this podcast every day and, yep. and email us and send us great messages and all of our guests and, and, and everyone like that. So just thank you so much. And also our wonderful sponsors. Wonderful sponsors. We have the best sponsors out there. So without them, we couldn't do the show. Again. Exactly. So thank you so much to our sponsors. You know who they are. They're on every week. They're in the newsletter. And we just, we love every one of them. And uh, we have pretty awesome families too. We right? do. We so, do. Thank you so much to everybody, and uh, we'll just, uh, a little cheers to 2021, right, Karen? Cheers. And as usual, we like to thank our sponsor, Mane and Tail, Karen. We, we love Mane and Tail. We love Mane and Tail. We absolutely love Mane and Tail. You know who else loves Mane and Tail, Karen? Caroline Martin. Caroline Martin. Our Ca- Caroline is on with us. I think I'm the number one fan, to be honest, guys. I swear, I've been using the product since I was seven years old, and they're actually a local company. Uh, where I live in Pennsylvania, so they really have a special place in my heart. And people would not believe the amount of products they make. You know, you always think mane and tail, the shampoo and conditioner. Well, they make Tangler. They make this killer shine-on spray that makes a horse's coat look amazing. They have spray and braid. They have everything. You don't have to go anywhere else to buy products. They're affordable. They're a family-run company. Like, and they're just the nicest group of people. So. I could not think of a better company to go out and support. So if you have a horse, please only buy Mean and Tail. They're just, they go above and beyond and they give back so much to the community. So they're, they're honestly the best company I've ever worked with. So we love them. Yeah, we, we, we love them. And that's too. all I use. Yep. That's, that's all, all we that's use. That's what gives me my shine in my hair. So, <laughs> so Caroline, do you use it in your own hair? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, we you both can. do. <laughs> Even our dogs use it. Even our dogs, absolutely. Well, we have one dog with really bad hair, Carolina. So he uses the uh, the the Protect line stuff because he has bad coat. So it fixes oh. him right up. Yep. So see, just another benefit of main tail. They seriously, they make anything you need. So absolutely, and nothing with tests, nothing with drug tests. They're just. They just go above and beyond. They are the best. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Main and Tail, and thank you, Caroline, for joining us for that little spot. And everybody at home, Major League Eventing has a little bit of news. Do we not care? Yes, we do. So, drum roll. 
Yeah, we do. <laughs> so uh, coming in 2021, we are going to be hosting MLE News. MLE News. So it's going to be an audible update of Eveni News. So, uh, you know, we have all the great print things out there in the world. That's all fantastic. Um, if anyone saw how I write, they would say, <laughs> forget it. Forget it. <laughs> so we're going to stick to what we know. So we're just going to do uh, a little weekly show, mm-hmm. just updating on some Eveni News, some latest and the greatest. So we're super excited for that. Um, we're going to be sharing it on Major League Eventing's podcast channel, yes. as well as its very own MLE News. So feel free to please go ahead and subscribe on there because eventually once we get that up and running 100%, we'll stop sharing it on Major League Eventing. We'll keep the two separate so we have their own statistics and things of that sort. So again, that's MLE News coming 2021, and we'll keep you guys posted on exactly when, when it's coming. Right, Karen? Yes. Taylor Harris Insurance Services. There for all equestrians, amateur and the professional. For all types and all breeds. No matter what discipline or level, Taylor Harris is committed to excellence in serving you and protecting the horses you love. Taylor Harris Insurance Services, your worldwide equine insurance specialists. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. Karen's super excited for today's Major League Eventing podcast. Yeah, very exciting. Very exciting. So not only is this guest a four-star rider, Karen, Mm -hmm. she has just been named to the 2021 USEF Development Training List, Karen. Welcome to the show, Zoe Crawford. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Very exciting, Karen. Zoe, this is awesome to have you on. um, We're we're so excited that... uh, you came on with us just had to get named to the list. How's that feel getting named to that list? Is that awesome or what? Um, it was a huge surprise to me. I had actually gotten an email earlier in the day about a reminder for submitting an eventing twenty five application, and I age out this year, so I had sent back reply that you know I'm aging out this year and I didn't get any response and then a few hours later I got the email about that so it was a huge surprise to me dang it was a huge shock (laughs) that's awesome well you were already on the many 25 list once prior a a couple years ago right um I was on it in 2017 I think and then I was in auditing participant so my they like let me come to the training sessions and observe but i didn't ride and then i got put back on it again last year okay you know i think there's that's definitely a a, a, there's 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 a lesson learned in there that you know what when you Mm -hmm. even when you when you get invited to just come as a an auditor you know you you still participate you still get in there and you're still in the game and it's not like you know (laughs) Oh man, and they that year I audited, they chose the coldest week in Ocala to have the training session. So I sat there in the freezing cold all week. But <laughs> you know, it it's an opportunity and when opportunities like that are put in front of you, you have to take them. So Yeah, yeah absolutely. For sure. Thanks. Well, 2021 is going to be a lot better than being on the 2020 development list. That's for sure. Cause oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be better, right? It has to be. It's going yeah. to be. It's going to be. So, hey, we always you like to fu- Yeah. 
you'll uh, hopefully be able to stick to a uh, plan A, B, or C, not the last plan you make. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, right? we, we were down to like Roman numeral plans. Through the whole alphabet. You got that right. So, hey, Zoe, uh, we always like to find out where, where are you coming to us from? So um, where, 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 where are you at right now? Um, I have just recently moved <coughs> to the Ocala Jockey Club, oh. myself and my horses. So I am in one of the condos at the Ocala Jockey Club. Oh, that oh. sounds much warmer than us because we yeah. just had a blizzard up here in the Northeast. Well, you know, it's supposed to be in the 30s tonight, so it's a little chilly today, but... That is chilly. Dang. It's chilly for Ocala. I don't think it even made it to the 30s here today. I don't know. <laughs> I think it did. I think it did. But hey, that's uh, the Cali Jockey Club sounds really nice yeah. right now. It sounds like all those accommodations are fantastic for the horses and for the people. So, Yeah. Yeah, it is. Where, where did really you come great. from? Where, 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 where did you come south from? Um, I was actually down at another farm in Ocala. Oh, okay. So you were already um, So I just... Yeah, I just moved farms. Gotcha. Yeah. We're just playing to pick from in yeah. Ocala. Yeah. The place is loaded. I very nice it. place. It's very, very nice place. Oh, yeah. It's a little, it's a little hard sometimes. Like, Ooh, that place is nice. That one's also nice. Yeah, no, oh. <laughs> Karen, we got to move to Florida. We got to get out of here. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I'm waiting on you. Wait on you. I got my bags packed. Uh, so, Zoe, can you take us back and tell us how you got your start in riding and then into eventing? Yeah. Um, so I was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts, um, in the city. A lot of people don't believe me that I actually grew up in the city, but I grew up in Boston and neither of my parents are, have horsey per se backgrounds, but, um, as a little kid, I think they sort of got an inkling that I was interested in horses because I would never want to get off of a carousel or get off of a pony ride at a fair. So I throw a little temper tantrum about, okay, one more time, one more time. And my grandparents had a little A-frame cabin up in New Hampshire. So as a little kid, we would go up to New Hampshire and visit them and about 10-15 minutes from their cabin was a barn and my parents thought that maybe I would be interested in riding lessons while I was up there and so I think like, as a little kid they would sort of take me there for some pony rides and then there was a like local ice cream stands that we would go to. And across the street from the ice cream stand was this ranch that you could um, pay $10 and you could walk around the ring for 10 minutes on a horse. Like they had some pay by the minute thing about <laughs> riding a horse. So we would go and get ice cream and then my parents would take me over to this ranch and walk me around the ring just on a little on a horse that they would just throw a saddle on and let them my parents who don't didn't really know anything about horses walk me around the ring and I think they started to realize that I really enjoyed being around the horses and riding so they started 
signing me up for lessons at the first farm that was close to us. And it turned out that the woman who ran that farm, her name is Jenny Williams. And I ended up riding with her through my teenage years. And I started up down lessons with her. And the more and more interested I got going there, my parents were sort of like, oh, well, we're we're driving her to the barn all the time to have lessons and it kind of seems fun. So why don't we take lessons too? So when we would go to New Hampshire to the cabin for summers, we would all take a group family riding lessons together. That's cool. Yeah. So my parents sort of got into it at the same time that I started riding and we would, take group lessons together on the weekends or when we were up there. And once we, we go up to New Hampshire, spend most of our summers in New Hampshire. And then when we came back to Boston, we would still sort of want to take lessons. So we started riding at like lesson programs that were outside of the city and as close at, as close to us as possible. Um, and then as I got older and we all started, you know, getting a little bit better at riding, we would start at least some horses for the summer up in New Hampshire or start taking more consistent lessons outside of Boston. And, um, yeah, we started, like, the, the whole family sort of just started riding more and more and getting more involved in the horses. And we bought our first horse when I was about 10 years old. Hmm. And it was a four-year-old thoroughbred. Oh, <laughs> like, <cool. laughs> maybe not the best idea as a first horse for a family, as like a family horse, but she, her name was Abigail and she never raised and we still have her today and my parents tried her. Wow. Um, but we got her sort of as a family horse. Well, most mostly for my mom, but then she sort of turned into all of us and get to ride her um, when I was about 10 and um, I was I was scared to ride her I think for the first year or two we had her I'd make my mom lead me around lead me around the ring and she'd let go of the reins and yell at her to hold on to the horse because I was scared of being alone on her but um no she was she was even as a four-year-old she was she was great she just had a great mind um and the the woman i rode with in new hampshire her name is jenny williams and she's from a sort of old New England equestrian family. So she was mostly taught hunter jumper, but, and would take most of the kids who rode at the barn to hunter jumper shows, but 
she hosted dressage shows and would teach us sort of everything about riding and horses and encouraged all of us, the kids who rode there to join pony club and really sort of not just ride, get to be a good horse person. Mm -hmm. So she would have uh, like summer camps for the kids and we would have uh, one week it would be no stirrup week and the first half of the week you weren't allowed to have a saddle on mm. and so she really taught us how to be just comfortable on a horse's back so we would you know, just ride without a saddle or without stirrups we'd sort of go on plenty of trail rides and ride up the road or we would build our own cross-country course on her property we would use uh, the picnic table as <laughs> nice. a jump when it rained we would use the puddle in the parking lot as our water jump <laughs> <laughs> and we sort of just she'd, she'd have us build our own cross we'd pull find old tires and build jumps out of old tires and whatnot so i think riding with jenny she really taught us how to be comfortable around horses and just be comfortable on a horse's back and appreciate appreciate the horses for what they did and really know how to care for them properly um but once we had gotten abigail no we had to find a barn outside of Boston that we could keep her at for most of the year when we were home and so she would be close by and we found this um, Irish guy who had moved to the US and set up a barn outside of Boston named Cormac Kennedy who I ended up riding with when I was home in Boston until I graduated college graduated high school and the first barn of his that we moved to was this little barn at the end of a cul-de-sac just in one of a suburb of Boston but the barn backed up to the Blue Hills which is 20 square miles of woods and trails right outside of Boston so and he he had a ring there but you know for most of the winter we couldn't really ride in the ring mm -hmm. so we would for most of the winter when it was cold out we would just trail ride all winter wow and were you trying to event at this time were you trying to event like no wow no i so i didn't do my first event until i had graduated high school oh. wow so i i was just I was just riding and doing local shows in Pony Club, really. Wow. So and not even inventing in Pony Club. What what uh, what what like disciplines were you doing at Pony Club? Were you were you show jumping or anything or Um so a lot the first Pony Club I was in a lot of the kids it was more like 
city or suburban kids in that pony club. So a lot of us didn't have our own horses. Oh, wow. So we really, we really got to quiz rally and maybe show jump rally every other year and dressage rally. Wow. Yeah. So I, I knew eventing was a discipline because, you know, I had all the Horse Illustrated magazines and Chronicle <laughs> of the Horse magazines. So I knew it was, I knew it was a thing <laughs> and it looked really cool and really fun, but it wasn't really within reach. Okay. I had, didn't know anyone who evented or yeah, I didn't know anyone event, who evented or anyone who I could even talk about. Like, what is this sport? It looks fun. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, so pretty much through like middle school and high school, I would spend most of the year riding outside of Boston and then, then the summers riding up in New Hampshire. But at the first farm that Cormac was at in that was backed up to the Blue Hills, we would just trail ride all winter and you know, there was like nice long stretches of trails that you could gallop on. And then there was this really cool hill you could gallop up and you would get to the top of the hill and you could look down on Boston and the harbor. So wow. it was really cool riding out there. Um, and <laughs> I, I, my parents, I don't know why even when I was like a young teenager would let me just go out on the trails by myself so, <laughs> and get up to no good out there <laughs> and sort of just go out and ride and just have fun. <laughs> and I have, I would find these like nice stretches of trails that were flat or weren't too rocky that you could canter on or a little grassy fields that you could do some flat work or whatnot out there but so at the at this point we just had abigail that one horse and either like me my both my parents were still riding and taking lessons as well cormac would either take us all out on the trail on a trail or would let us take some of the school horses out to just go for a nice trail ride. And I usually would ride this pony named Max, who was a little halflinger, and we would all go galloping through the snow. So that was really cool. <laughs> and then at one point, his business had sort of had gotten too big for that farm. So he moved to another farm in Walpole, Massachusetts. And um built a farm out there and built an indoor and let's see i was probably i was 15 or 16 at this point and every every year he would import some irish horses and sell them into the hunter jumper world and um by the time I was 15, 15, 16 ish, um, 
I was sort of starting to outgrow the Abigail the Thoroughbred we had and her and her sort of what she was comfortable with doing and me and my parents would sort of just bicker about who got to ride her that day. We sort of needed another horse for the family and I sort of around this time uh, my grandfather died and he was an avid stamp collector and his father and his grandfather were also stamp collectors so he had stamps from the 1800s wow and when he died my grandmother stole sold his stamp collection which sold for a good amount of money and each of like my mom and her her brother and sisters got a bit of money from the stamp collection and my mom said you know what i can't take you guys I can't take the bickering over who <laughs> gets to ride Abigail, who doesn't get to ride Abigail. We need, we need to get another horse. Like this isn't just working with one horse anymore. <laughs> so with the money that my mom got from the stamp collection, we bought my, like my first horse that was just going to be for me from, and we bought her from Cormac and her name was, K-E-C Amora and she had done Cormac had her in the barn and she had done a bunch of jumpers and with sort of kids like me and at this point I was sort of just doing low-level jumpers and just local shows and he had let me take some lessons on her and I sort of you know got along with her really well so she was my <clears throat> she was my like really truly my first horse that was just mine mm -hmm. and she was 16 i'm i'm not very tall i'm only 52 and she was 163 and like <laughs> Jeez. thick and jack so i was like a, a tiny little kid up on this horse but um she was, she, she was, she was great. And Cormac's new farm, the second farm he had moved to, there were also trails you could go out riding there. Um, but since it was sort of a hunter jumper farm, most of the people there would just ride in the rings. And uh, I was, me and my parents were like some of the only people who would really go out on the trail. And I didn't know this until later, but when Cormac had uh, sold us the mare, Amora, he had told my mom, do not let her go out on the trail on that horse. It's too big. She needs to get used to it and whatnot. <laughs> my mom was like, Cormac, it's too late. She's already been out there. On oh, the no. <laughs> no. Her and her dad have already been out on their horses. And, but she was, there was, there were, that his, that property he was at sort of connected with trails that um, the local hunt club would use. So there were some jumps that you could find. 
and we found them. We found jumps out on the trails to jump. And my, it was a big horse and it was like a, she was a big horse and she was strong. And my mom was concerned about me going out there on her when we first had her. And this one time my dad and I were out there jumping the jumps and she, I don't know, spooked at something and I fell off. And I don't, before I even hit the ground, I was turning to my dad and I was like, dad, don't you dare tell mom that I fell off (laughs) because she will never let me come out here again. (laughs) Well, that's Uh, it. Mom knows now. Yeah, mom knows now. (laughs) (laughs) But... Yeah, I, I, again, with that Maramora, I would take her out on the trails and jump whatever I could find out there. But I also did um, a bunch of jumper shows with her, and I took her, like, to some of the hunter jumper shows in the area. And she had done a fair amount before I got her. So I think I did my first... meter 10 class on her and meter 15 class so and she just she just was like hold on little girl (laughs) she just sort of showed me the way a bit um and but I only had her for a year and then she got a uh, freak bacterial infection and her body essentially went into shock and we had to put her down just after about a year. Um, which was, I mean, she was, she was one of my best friends and I, so I went to high school in downtown Boston and I went to like Boston public school and almost every day after school, I would walk to the train station and catch the commuter rail and take the commuter rail to my dad's work, which is, which was about 10, 15 minutes from the barn. So he would pick me up at the train station and then we would go and ride. Wow. And so that was, like pretty much every day I would take the train out to the barn to ride and So she's after... a legit, legit city girl. <laughs> sure is. Yeah. Yeah. I walk to the walk to the train, walk through northeastern campus, get some Dunkin' Donuts before I got the train. <laughs> <laughs> take the train out of the city. Um but it was after it was something I did just about every single day and I had a, I had a really hard time after we had to put her down like she was one of my you know one of my best friends that I saw every day yeah but um, Cormac was pretty great after that he had a bunch of horses that he had imported and he just let me ride whatever was in the barn and it she so she we had to put her down in like sometime around june i think um so right around when high school was getting out 
And so I would still go to the barn every day and I would just go to the barn and hang out. And he's like, all right, get on another horse, get on another horse. And he would just put me on horse after horse and let me ride whatever horse was in the barn, um, which was pretty amazing because I got to ride all these nice horses that had just gone to the U.S. that were getting ready to get sold. Um, And I think that's something that's pretty cool about, you know, people in the horse world. They'll help you out when you're really down. Yeah. Yeah. This, This other woman who had bought a horse, also bought a horse from him, was going to be really busy over the summer. So she said, all right, well, my horse is there so you can ride it. And she pretty much just let me ride her horse the whole summer. So even though I didn't have my own horse, I was still able to get on like amazing horse after amazing horse. And it, I, it was a pretty cool experience for me because I got to sit on so many different types of horses. For sure. Um, and we had, had, we had Amora insured, so I had life insurance on her. So when we, she had to get put down, we got insurance money back. So we were, had this insurance money that we were going to look for another horse for me. And at this point, I was also still involved with Pony Club. And uh, a woman had named Jeannie Clark had sort of become the main teacher that the Pony Club used. Like she, she taught us really frequently and she was an event rider. So I had done a bit more cross country schooling or cross country days with Pony Club. And I was like, well, this is actually kind of fun. Like this is actually something that I would like to do. So when we were looking for another horse, I sort of had it in my mind that I kind of wanted a horse that I could go eventing on, like give it a shot. And I tried horse after horse after horse and nothing was really, I nothing really stood out to me or like intrigued me in any way. And it was sort of, it was the fall after Amora had died and Cormac was going back over to Ireland to look at horses to import to the U.S. And we, I, me and my mom sat down and we talked to him and said, look, we, we want another horse. You know how she can ride you know what type of horse she kind of likes and we kind of want a horse that can go eventing so if you see something over there over in ireland like let us know right i mean those are fairly vague parameters <laughs> <laughs> fairly vague and he went over and he called us and he said, I think I've, I found a horse for you. And we said, 
okay, bring it over. And we didn't see pictures, didn't see videos or anything. He said, I found a mayor. She's incredibly athletic. She hasn't really done anything, but I think it's the right horse for you. And he shipped her over and the quarantine facility is actually just an hour from my parents' house in Boston. So we went to visit her in quarantine and there was, it was, by this point, it was February. So it was cold in, up in New England and all the horses in quarantine had like, five different blankets on and the barn the barn's all locked up so it's kind of dark and we walked into quarantine and we saw this horse in the stall and I was I said to my mom I said mom that's my horse that's wow. I that's that's my horse she's like Zoe you haven't even seen it without five blankets on you haven't even ridden it and I said I, mom I think this is my horse and she had she didn't she wasn't named yet she didn't have a name and she was a coming six-year-old that had 90 days under saddle oh my goodness she was didn't she just lived out in a field and barely had any like any time under saddle and so we got her back to Cormac's and he let me ride her for a few weeks and we said, okay, this is, we think this is the horse, but we want her, but she doesn't have a name and we don't want to name it. So you, you need to name it <laughs> because we don't want to name it and then not like the name or jinx ourselves. <laughs> and so him and his wife named her KEC Zara and that wow. was my, that's that's my four star horse now. Wow! Holy smokes! So, Look at this, right to the top. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. So I got her as a coming six year old that hadn't really done anything, and I had her for I I got her I guess when I was a a junior in high school so I rode her with Cormac and did some low, low lower jumpers with her and took her up to Jenny's for the summer and did every all the fun stuff that we did up in New Hampshire with her and then when I was a senior in high school going to college was never really not an option in my family you everybody goes gets goes to college and when i was applying to schools i was i had also been doing some cross country schooling with her and jumping her over all the jumps out in the woods and probably jumping stuff out in the woods I shouldn't be jumping and it was really fun 
and this I had been taking more and more lessons with Jeannie Clark and I said I know I really like going cross country and I know that Jeannie goes to Ocala in the winter and Ocala is where all the eventers are and so when I was applying to colleges I sort of had the idea that I wanted to take a gap year and go see what eventing was like so I I think oh and then when I was applying to colleges I applied a sort of in New England and then I sort of knew that you know Pennsylvania is also where a lot of inventors are so I'll apply to a school in Pennsylvania and I applied to Dickinson College which is out by west of Harrisburg which isn't really where any inventors are no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had decided that Dickinson was my first choice school and when I was accepted I immediately called Jeannie and asked if I could come be a working student for her for a year down in Ocala and she said yes so I immediately deferred my acceptance a year and so I was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna try eventing. We're gonna see what it's like. See if I like it. I knew I I felt like I needed to take a year off from school before I went to college, and I the summer after I graduated uh, high school, I sort of just had some local jobs around like outside of Boston and was riding, taking a few more lessons with Jeannie and doing dressage from <laughs> my first lessons in true dressage and true eventing. And I did my, went to my first event that summer wow. and I did a novice at Stonely Burnham okay. in up in New England, which is no longer around, but I did, let's see, I did a novice at Stonely Burnham, another novice at GMHA, and then headed down to Ocala with Jeannie, and we stopped at the Virginia Horse Park on the way down, and then... I stayed, I think we stayed, I stayed in Ocala, we got down to Ocala in November, and I think I was just in utter shock in what Ocala was like, horse farm after horse farm after horse farm, it was like, I had died and gone to heaven, yeah, <laughs> pretty <laughs> much, because, you know, I had never really done horses anywhere close to full time. And wow. that so you went from doing your first with, novice at just out of high school to being at a Ocala with all the horses forms and everything. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I was talk talk about complete shock, like culture yeah. shock. So how was that? How was horse that, shock. How was that first? Oh. Year, how was that gap year? Like, how did that? Did you work the whole year, or how did that go? 
Yeah, so I worked the whole year for Jeannie, which was great because she already knew me and the horse a little bit. And she's a very analytical person. So when I asked her questions about stuff, she could explain to me and like, okay, you want to put your inside leg on because X, Y, and Z. Oh, that's cool. Not just put your inside leg on. Yeah. So I think I got a really good sense of how to do things while riding and why. And she had a pretty, I think we had like 20 to 25 horses in her program. So I did get to do about a fair amount of riding while I was down there. And so I worked for her for the whole year. And by the spring, I did my first, I ran training that winter. And then I think it must have been that year, I that spring, I did my one or two prelims. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. So you're that spring. You climb at the levels quick. Yeah. And Zara was so just so athletic. It was like, there's no, she's going to make it over all the fences fine. It wasn't really, the athleticism wasn't an issue. It was a bit of the more fine tuning and training. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I'd still be some of our <laughs> issues we have, but <laughs> hey, let's jump ahead a little bit. Now, you you went through just 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 to kind of get a little bit ahead in the story. Now, how after yeah. that when you went to college, where where did you go to college at? Like, so did, did you ride I did, while you were in college? Yeah, I did two years of college at Dickinson up in Pennsylvania. Okay, and I brought Zara to school with me and then would actually come back to Ocala in the summers because Jeannie had stayed in Ocala year round. So I would come back and ride with her. And now who did you ride with when you were in college at Dickinson? I didn't really ride with anyone. I oh, sort okay. of just, oh, wow. um, and I didn't really compete either. I sort of just, had her had her Zara at school with me and and rode and just had fun with her. Wow, well, that's pretty cool yeah. actually that you had that little kind of time in your in the winters. Yeah, yeah, we sort of just did our own thing a bit. Um, but I guess my second year at Dickinson, and I I would come down to Ocala for the winter as well. My second year there I had was getting ready to go intermediate and wow. I sort of wanted to go to young riders and that was the year that I would that was the last year I could do it for the now three star so for the I guess the spring semester I left Zara down in Ocala with Jeannie and I would fly fly down every once in a while and we qualified and then ended up going to Young Riders that was out in Colorado that year. Okay. Um, 
And by this point, I had sort of been like, okay, this is, I do really enjoy doing this. This is pretty fun. I like this. <laughs> and I, the sort of the semester after I went to Young Riders, I did a so-called study abroad program, but it was a, I was a environmental or yeah, environmental science major in college and I did a environmental science sort of immersive program at the Woods Hole Marine Biological Lab, which is in Massachusetts. And it's a, a research institution. And so when I had gone to Young Riders, I was like, well, I kind of like horses. I, well, I really like horses, but I, I don't know if, I also really like science. So I did that sort of study abroad thing to see if doing research or really becoming a scientist was something that I would want. And I did that, I did that semester in Woods Hole. And to tell you how I felt about that, I took the next two semesters off and then transferred to the University of Florida so I could be closer to Ocala. <laughs> so that's that. So that's that. That's yeah. That. So the rest is history on that, I bet. Yeah. Since then, I have just, I've been down in Ocala pretty much. Wow. Did you graduate college? I did. I So I did actually a year of in-person classes at University of Florida. And then I transferred to their online program. So I've been finished up my school online so I could, you know, start compete a bit more and start working a bit more. Wow. wow. How about that? How about that yeah. story? I know. And, then, and then it's, it sounds like kind of once you started eventing, you, you got Zara and that, and that's, boom. You guys just hit it off. and Yeah, we sort of jumped into the deep end on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, uh, how long has it been since you graduated? And like, are, did you, at your college, did you go right out on your own? Or are you, because you're newly out on your own in business. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I finished in this spring actually because I was just doing one or two classes at a time online so I could keep writing and in 2019 I got the Essex Horse Trials grant and I had only really ever evented down in Ocala and I sort of had this like grant that I could use for lessons and competition expenses and I was like you know I really want to go up to area two and I, I really want to go up to Pennsylvania so I got myself and the horses up to uh, Philip Dutton's farm so I I got my, but I needed a dog. So first things first was I got up there, but I didn't, I got stalls for the horses and I got a place for me to live, but I didn't know anyone up there. It's like, well, I'll just get up there and then I'll figure out how to get a dog once I'm up there. <laughs> and I got up there and by this point I had, I had three competition horses and, you know, it's kind of hard 
to work for anyone if you have more than one horse. So I was a little restricted in what I could do. Um, so you're a village just basically to, to train and board. That's where you just were basing your three horses were out of Phillips. Yeah. You weren't working for Phil. Okay. So I had, I was, I got up, got up there and I was like, I have to take care of my three horses and do everything for my three horses. And I needed to find, find something else to do. So I started picking up work riding for Ronald Zabala up in Pennsylvania. Okay. And I rode for him for through for the last year and a half through quarantine and COVID and everything. And starting out this year, I'm sort of completely off on my own, starting my own, my own thing. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. Ronald has quite yeah. a facility. I know he has a place in Ocala now, his place up in PA. He's got the yeah. swimming pool with the underwater glass and, all the the, the I, walkers and his place in Ocala is equally as impressive. Wow, yeah. How about that? So tell us yeah. about your business. What type of business? Like, what are you doing? You're based in Ocala at the Jockey Club. What uh, are you taking people's horses in on training, or how, how does what all do you do? So I can uh, right now. I have my three the three horses I compete, and then. I have a horse or two in training and then I pick up, I'm around for lessons or freelance riding and I take, I have, we have space here at the jockey club. I can take in clients and young horses, horses that are already going, whatever. I can really, I'm flexible in what I can do here. So it's pretty great. That's awesome. I got to get to the, the jolly, I know. jolly club. We got to go. It sounds like a fantastic place. <laughs> we got to yeah. go. We got to go. We got to get there. It's so nice having o- Ocala's versions of hills to ride on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not quite Nelson's Florida's, hill up in PA. Florida's versions of hills. Yeah. The, uh, and then, yeah, we saw, you know, that you, uh, the, the, the three horses that you have now. So you have Casey, Zara, and then you have uh, the wise horses. Are those your three competitions or do you have those three plus no, the horses you the, the three horses that I have been competing the last few years are KEC Zara, KBS Quick Strike, and Francelia. Very cool. And okay. Fran and Quick Strike, who I call Q, are owned by two owners. Okay. Um, and they're sort of with me to go out competing and be competition horses, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Man, oh man, I love it. So there we go. She's in business, brand new in business, brand new on the list. This is like yeah. exciting times. <laughs> For sure. Very exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> Uncharted territory. Yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like you're pretty successful. You just kind of, it seems like it, you know, you everything's going good. Yeah. Everything's on its way. You already got odors. That's good. That's fantastic. Make it work. Make it work however you can. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. All right. So, Zoe, yeah. you know the show. We're going to play. Yes. We're going to play quick fire questions. And yeah. this quick fire questions is brought to you by Taylor Harris Insurance Services. So, five questions. Are you ready? I guess so. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite rider growing up? 
Um, BZ Madden. Ooh, very good answer. Because That's excellent. I wasn't, I wasn't really growing up. I wasn't really aware of the top event riders, but she was the top woman show jumper. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She was amazing. Still is. Still is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Still is. <laughs> All right. Favorite event to compete at. I love Red Hills. I Red Hills is so cool. That's a good answer. Very cool. We haven't been there, can we? Yeah, we, we haven't. Go. That's another we one. We're gonna see have. what it's all about. Right? Yeah, there's all of the spectators that come just are so excited about it. You're like, well, if they're so excited, this is it just has a really great energy there. That's cool. Yeah, we gotta get yeah. there. All right. Do you have any good luck rituals or superstitions before you go out cross country? None. None. Ooh, None. Good answer. Give my horse a good pat, and that's about it. Oh, I like it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you said you listened to all of the episodes that we've done. <sighs> who's your oh, favorite? God. Who's your favorite interview? Mm. Oh. Well, that's a toughie. Oh goodness, Jesus. Oof. <laughs> I have to go back and look at all of, you've done so many now. <laughs> Let me get the letter off. The... Um, hmm. Maybe Karen O'Connor. Oh, oh yeah. That's probably. Yeah. All right. Last question. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Hmm. So I love this horse, Upsilon, that I don't know if a whole lot of people in the U.S. might know because he got, he's a European horse that got sick and has, didn't really, wasn't able to continue competing. But when I would watch him, I would just get goosebumps. He was so amazing. Wow. Yeah, look that one up. Yeah, Epsilon. 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 Epsilon, yeah. Epsilon. Epsilon. All right. Yeah. We'll look that up. Well. That'd be good. Excellent job. Yes. A plus plus. plus. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Karen O'Connor's interview was very, very good. I have so many favorites. that They're all my favorites. Yeah. Um, It's hard to pick one. It's so cool. Yeah, they're great. Karen's was really good, though. That was awesome. She did say she would come back on, so we do have to get her back on. Oh, definitely. All right. So, Zoe, Zoe, do you have any advice for a young rider trying to make it in this sport? Mm -hmm. Um, I think you don't have to, you know, be. I feel like I see a lot of younger riders who. don't you know go to high school or they do high school online so that they can ride but the horses are going to be there and i mean you like listening to this podcast there's so many top riders who didn't start competing really till they were a bit older and i think being able to go to high school and get a good experience in high school and have friends and 
play another sport or an instrument or something. Once you get older, you realize, you know, this is something that I do really want to do. Not because I've just been doing it forever. It's something that I really, really enjoy doing. So I think you don't have to be completely all in when you're, when you're young, you can do other things and still be successful in the sport. Right. I like it. Well, and I think yeah. that's very interesting hearing how you talk that you, you, you mentioned that you even said, Hey, look, let, let me, let me just kind of go in this research and, and just to see, you know, just to make sure for yeah. sure I'm doing the right thing with my life. And then you came out on the other side of it much more sure than when you went into it. So yeah, I think that's pretty, uh, yeah. pretty cool. And would you recommend college or do you think you probably could have bypassed that and been okay? Um, I think I, I would recommend college. I think you can learn a lot of valuable things, even if you can just be able to have a conversation outside of horses. You know, sometimes you do need a little, have to have something outside just to have a little break and you can learn so much more than just going to classes while you're going to university. So I, and there's, especially now there's ways to do both a lot easier than you may have used to. So I would recommend it. Gotcha. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. We always like to ask that question whenever, whenever we get a chance to bring it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so this is, you have a new perspective. So, so, Hey, yeah. uh, you, you know, again, we're talking, you're, you're, you're newly out on your own, newly back out in business. The, are you still riding for Ronald in your new business or are you? I'm not. No, no, I am all out there. <laughs> <laughs> She's all out there. Uh, yeah. the, uh, the sponsors, they're they are a huge part of business and getting people going. Do you, uh, you want to share any uh, sponsors that you have behind you? So, I mean, first off, I'm, my parents, because they've helped me so much and helped me get going. And then Francelia's owner, Suzanne Stillman, she bred the mare herself and has sort of handed her over to me. And that's uh, incredible to do with a horse that's your own. And then my, I have one sponsor and I, it's a company that I would stand behind no matter what is world equestrian brands, oh, Robin Moore. And I, it, Amerigo was the first saddle that I ever bought, and it's probably the only saddle I'll ever buy from now on. They're great. Very cool. Well, if you're gonna have one yeah. one sponsor, that's the one to have yeah. right there. Those guys are awesome. Yeah, exactly. They can they have saddles, tacks, saddle pads, cross country boots, everything. So we uh, yeah. you know we we haven't asked this question in a long time, but since you only have the one, it's a perfect time to ask if you had a, if you had a dream sponsor, who would it be? If there's a brand or product out there that you really love that you would be like, Hey, I'm out here. Would you have one? Uh, oh, I love Charles Owen helmets. It's just about the only thing helmet I've ever ridden in. And I think helmets are just about the most important thing that you can have especially in this sport and probably chevy trucks because i need a new truck excellent sure. <laughs> finally someone who gets it if you're yes. going, if you're putting it out there put it out there big yeah too. i a new truck a new chevy truck there you go <laughs> all right chevy 
<laughs> Chevy better step it up. Yeah. Charles Zellin, no, listening. they'll be calling. They'll be coming knocking here soon in no time. But the Chevy truck, now, now we're talking. Yeah. I can't wait to see the picture of Zoe with a new Chevy truck. And it'll be like, dang. Oh, me too. I can picture it. <laughs> well, I, we, Karen and I definitely believe that when you put things out there in the world, you say it out loud or you put it in on writing, I, it, I think it definitely can uh, can come to, come to pass. So mm-hmm. there it is. It's out there in yep, the universe. There it is. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so Zoe, we'll wrap things up here, but uh, just uh, so so people know how to follow along and get in touch. Do you have social media and website you want to share? Um, I have a. You can find me on Facebook at Zoe Crawford Eventing. I have a website as well if you search zoe crawford eventing it should come up i don't know the exact address and then <laughs> i'm also on instagram as crawford eventing awesome so yeah, i on, think uh yeah i'm pretty sure it's just zoe crawford eventing comes is like dot com i think yeah. that's what it is i i tried to make it pretty straight <laughs> 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 so hopefully it comes through <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, it's actually it is CrawfordEventing.com. So yeah, leave out to Zoe, but yeah. I'm sure if you hit Zoe in there, it'll yeah. come right up too. So yes, yeah, 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 that's very cool. And your logo, you have the red and blue chevron. Is that what your helmet cover is? The red and blue. That is my helmet cover, and I've had a, that helmet cover forever, and it sort of just turned into my logo and sort of. That's my parents were always like, you need to have something on cross country so we can actually recognize that it's you, not just another person on a bay horse. Right. <laughs> and so the Chevron was sort of like, this, this means that's you can recognize me. So that sort of stuck with me. There we go. Wow. I, I like yeah. it. I like it too. I like it. I like it very much. So I like the two different yeah. colors Chevron too. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Me too. Well, Zoe, this has been a great interview. Thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck with the with the being on this uh, developmental list for this year. It's um, have you had any before we let you go? Is there any have have you gotten to talk to uh, Eric Duvander or anybody yet about training sessions or anything like that coming up? So Leslie is in charge of that list. Okay. Oh, okay, the training list, yeah. And I've been riding with Leslie for the last few years, so which is nice. He knows knows me and the horses really well. So yeah, he is an. It'll excellent, be great to continue working with him. Excellent coach, yes, for sure. He is. Yeah. Yes. 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 So and he's right there, right there in Ocala year round. So good stuff. So awesome. Yes. Right down the road. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Karen, is this fantastic? This is great. This was super Now we got to get to Ocala and see Zoe. Yeah, I know. Zoe, we're, we're, you have a whole list of people you're going to have to see. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because of where we're at, we're right area two. So we see all the area two people, but there's so many Ocala people now that you know we're, we're friends with Karen. Yeah. We're just going to have to go knock. We're just going to have to have to have a major league eventing meetup down here with everyone see that uh, zoe that's a good yeah, idea it is meet up yeah. at, meet up at the at the jockey club <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's there's a clubhouse here and everything oh ooh. 
That sounds yeah, pretty good. There we go. There we go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Look out for that. Watch this space. So awesome. Well, Zoe, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for your story. It's, it's, uh, you know, I think it's a very inspirational story for that young person who lives in this city, who mm-hmm. has dreams or maybe just enjoys horses and doesn't really, yeah. you know, I think that the, really the lesson learned is you have a love for horses and riding well before the sport. And I think that that, yeah, it, it, it means that you love it. You know, you love it for 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 the right reasons. So, and I think that's a inspirational. And I think the people that are listening who maybe don't have the necessarily the farm in the backyard right now, and they're mm-hmm. not. You know, it's 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 uh, you don't have to be a professional at thirteen years old. You right. know, to be a professional no. eventually. No, no, for sure. That's and awesome. even like when the sport gets hard, if you love the horses first it makes it a little bit easier to get through those tough times no doubt yeah and here's what i'm doing we're getting yeah. off this call and i'm going to go look for some old stamps karen Actually, oh yeah some old stamps, <laughs> yes, old stamps. We do. <laughs> go through your covers and we should all stamps. start collecting yeah. <laughs> it's too late to start collecting we just got to start selling no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> So, so awesome. Well, Zoe, thank you so much for joining us. This is this is really, really a oh. lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, or your favorite podcast app. Cheers. <laughs>